right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and with me pretty much as always is our marketing director, Jen Wayborg. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. It is, I know, we do this every time, and yes, it is morning while we're broadcasting where you and I are, <laughs> and where our guest is as well, a repeat guest. Welcome back to the show, David Carter. Hello, David. Hello. Thanks for having me back. I didn't think I was that interesting. Uh, well, you only have to be more interesting than me. Oh, okay. So the, I set the bar really low, man. That's good to know. So, yeah. Um, and boy, it has been a whirlwind couple of few days uh, since we last did a broadcast. Uh, Jen and I have been working on a bunch of really funny marketing stuff, circumnavigating the Colorado Avalanche, playing in the Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah. Two games to none. Congratulations to them. Jen, we never did talk about the fact that there was an impending lacrosse, professional lacrosse yeah. championship in That's that same true. building. Uh, congratulations to the National Lacrosse League champion Colorado Mammoth. Uh, good on you yeah. for winning that championship this weekend as well. Um, I'm probably not going to get into the Delta Airlines debacle. I'll probably save that for a separate video, but I would like to say that I have never in my life boarded a flight late, pushed, returned to the gate, pushed, returned to the gate. You're not hearing an echo. We did push and return to the gate twice, deplaned for a new plane, then get canceled, rebooked. Delta was kind enough to provide me lodging for the night, but when I got to the hotel, they had no record of me. Sorry, we don't have room for you. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I stayed with some friends uh, outside of Salt Lake City. Went back to the airport, rebooked, back to the airport the next day in the same clothes, of course, because wasn't supposed to spend the night. That flight was delayed again, lack of pilots. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, boy, we had a really interesting couple of days. And then, fortunately, Delta, I did miss the Stanley Cup game, although I had a ticket in my phone for it. So that was oh, man. disappointing. The second game, that was disappointing, to say the least. But moving on to Greener Pastures, we were talking a bunch off camera before we went live with David about what in the hell is going on with mortgage rates how does that tie to what the Fed does? Why can't the Fed even spell economy? And what is really going on? And David, we ran out of time before we went live to kind of get into this. But the bottom line is that they're not really connected. Both obviously have an impact on the global economy, but the Fed deals in short-term rates, which is why there is a potential impact on inflation. So you might see an impact on your credit cards, on car loans, those kinds of things. Mortgage rates are dictated by the mortgage-backed securities market and really nothing else. That's how mortgages are priced day-to-day, -day, how yields off, mortgage -backed, uh, off the mortgage-backed securities play, how credits uh, if you want to buy your rate down, on and on, it is strictly dictated by the mortgage-backed securities market, which mortgages obviously are very long-term rates. So they're very, very different in that sense. However, the MBS being a private market, like most, are a little more intelligent, a little more preemptive. The investor is likely got a better grip on finances than the federal government, sorry to say. Um, but... 
So right before the Fed raised rates, when we knew it was coming, I think I had predicted within a few days prior that it would actually not be a half point increase, that it would be a three-quarter point increase. Uh, there was some debate about it even being a full hundred basis points, but we were right nailing it at 75. But days before that, the mortgage rates had already gone up. And when the Fed raised rates, mortgage rates came back down. In fact, we had the best day on the mortgage-backed securities market the day of or the day after the Fed meeting, I could go look, that we'd had in, oh gosh, probably months and months, certainly all year. It was a big, big day. We gained like 100 basis points at one time, Jen, somewhere in there. It was, yeah. I mean, you track the data better 122 or something. 122. Yeah. Um, so a very big day, um, but again, only because the mortgage-backed securities market is preemptive. We had already raised rates days before leading up to the Fed meeting. Fed meets, mortgage rates come back down. And I think that's been the case like 12 out of the last 15 times the Fed has raised rates, mortgage rates have gone down. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very difficult to understand how these things intertwine. And of course, the general consumer, you know, here's rhetoric on the radio. Uh, mortgage companies are disgusting when they advertise. Oh, you bet. Fed's going to raise rates. You better hurry up and lock in now because... They're, when the Fed raises rates, mortgage rates are likely to come back down. So, yeah, there's a lot of misleading information out there. Um, so, yeah, it is difficult to kind of get a grip on. But, yeah, that's basically the gist. But how I met your mortgage, just the tips coaching. None of that is here for us to describe what's going on in interest rates to our audience, which is mostly really smart mortgage originators and real estate agents. You guys already know all this shit. So let's move on to something far more important. And let's talk about David. <laughs> Hi, David. Hi. How have you been? We haven't had you on the show for what's probably better than a year, man. Yeah. No, it's been going actually really good. Uh, I'm still pretty steady. Um, I mean, everything that I'm doing, uh, it, it's just the, the nuts and bolts, honestly. Uh, it's actually been picking up a lot um, lately because uh, I think people are just desperate to get back out and actually see a real life human person. Yeah. There's part of that for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of um, people kind of come out of their shells. I just, you, know, you were talking hockey. I just had three families over to my house. I throw up a, a 150 inch screen with the projector and the downstairs. It was in the downstairs. Normally I throw it out in the backyard, but I mean, they're all past and previous and clients and friends and everything. And, you know, I, they just, they want to see a live person. You know, uh, I mean, just from that, uh, extensions from those, uh, one of those families is coming back to look at houses. And then another related family to that family is uh, looking for their own little commune now. So, I mean, I talking about generation and business and everything like that, I, I think it's time to just get back to the basics and uh, back to that belly to belly marketing pretty much. I think uh People want to see the sincerity. They want to see the um, actual connection again. Not the, you know, this is my Zoom meeting call for my listing presentation so we can sell your house and everything. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> Doing listing presentations over Zoom must have been, well, that probably wore thin pretty quick. Yeah, just, well, not only that, but like if you're talking to someone you've never met before, if it's a brand new listing appointment, then, you know, all they get to do is see you from a distance. You know, you don't really get to see there. I mean, they were even weary of you like coming into their house to uh, go see how everything was going. Cause you know, then you never really knew 
it was a weird time in our society as well because uh everyone was set on one side of the fence or the other and not that that's changed a whole lot right now but you know it you're always trying to figure out where you stand whenever especially whenever you're right in the middle of everybody usually so but it, it's been a good time um well, when did you notice that shift actually occur? When when could you pick out a month last year where the general consensus was like, okay, I've had enough of Zoom. I've had enough of shelter in place. I've had enough of not being belly to belly, of not going to events. Could you nail down a timeline where you think your circle uh, wanted to get back to the face-to-face? Um. Well, in Colorado Springs, I don't think that that ever went away, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, it was more like the people that were moving into Colorado Springs were the ones that were still keeping their distance and stuff. Uh, Don't get me wrong. It was more like, when can we get back to it? Not like that they didn't ever want to go back to it. But if I was going to put a date on it, I'd probably say, uh, I'd probably say about February of this year. Wow. Yeah. Like it. Of whenever people were finally just kind of shaking off all of that, you know, um, you know, from the last two years and just kind of jumping in and saying, you know what, I'm over, I'm over this, you know, I'd rather have a life than, you know, captivity uh, and going from there kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I would, I, it's, it's probably only been this year that I've really seen, a, you know, people actually inviting me back out to places, you know, I mean, I, I'm a social person. I invite everybody to everything and just see what, what they, uh, what they agree to. But me and my wife were just planning our 4th of July party. So I had a, um, I, I have one of the very rare pools in all of Colorado Springs. So that is rare. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's for a reason. It just cost me a nice, like $8,000 to, uh, resurface and paint it and everything. And, you know, that's not even filling up the water and paying for the heating bill for the next four months of it. So, so yeah, but we're going to throw a good 4th of July party because, you know, they're not going to be able to do fireworks and stuff down here is what they're saying. So same. Yeah. But yeah, just getting back to that, the social aspect of actually uh, having friends and seeing people face to face and all that stuff. That's a big one. You know, it's funny. The uh, couple lovely friends of ours that I got stranded with in uh, Salt Lake city Friday night have a fairly new pool. And we talked about it a lot. It's a magnet. The kids want to come over. The grandkids want to come over. It's really a great way to make sure that you are able to uh, kind of draw people in that you want to spend time with. So it was cool. Yep. No, I'm actually even, um, my my whole mindset is always, you know, how can I make um, this into income? Uh, just, I don't know why that I was raised up that way, but I, I definitely was. And even in that pool, there's like, and there's an app called uh, Swimply where uh, it's like the Airbnb for swimming pools and people can rent out my pool. by <laughs> That's the hour. crazy. People yeah. can rent your pool by the hour. Yeah. That's really okay. cool. Yeah. Hashtag side gig right there. Right. That is phenomenal. <laughs> and David, what would it cost me to rent your pool for an hour? $55 an hour. That is awesome. Uh, that for, seems like a right. good deal. Yeah. For up to yeah. 10 people, for up to 10 people. I mean, wow. Yeah. So, Come on over. And how many I, hours can I have it for? Uh, well, I mean, they, I have. It's just like an Airbnb, so I have to approve it. So, I mean, like if I'm not uh, um, using it or whatever, you know, 
then you can have it for as long as I'm not there. I mean, normally all my appointments are in the afternoon. So my kids and uh, wife swim in the morning or they did last year. Uh, so usually by it's got kind of funny because it's like during the hottest part of the part of the day is whenever we're not using it usually. Uh, unless it's uh, Sunday. So Sunday is like my day off. So, you know, we might float around in there for that. But but yeah, I mean, I think that's another thing that is going on really big. That's another thing I've been approaching my clients about is because everyone's scared that we're going into a recession and everything like that. But you're also coming off of like, um, you know, all time highs of equity inside of your property. So I'm going back to a lot of my clients that I know have a ton of equity in their property. And I'm talking to them about how to use that equity to reinvest into real estate, you know, hard assets uh, that people can live in pretty much. Build a uh, pool that you can rent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I, I got to <laughs> tell you that if you approve my request, rent your pool, there's a chance I'll pee in it. Huh? That's all right. All right. But, but, I was say. I, but I, I, have a, I have a four, a two-year-old, and a, and a three-month-old. If you think they're all the peeing in it anyway. In pool, it, it would be a race. Which of your kids or I would be in the pool first? All right. So I love this methodology, this ideology. Um, and I don't think it's any secret based on how we opened our conversation this time around or to most of our audience that we uh, do mortgages. I own a mortgage brokerage in addition to our coaching company. And we're seeing a lot of alternative type of stuff where people are taking that equity for a test drive, as it were. Um, a lot of cash out remodel, a lot of cash out debt consolidation, um, especially with what you know inflation is doing, with what the Fed is doing, so on and so forth. But uh, I, I do see a lot of people liquidating to purchase additional property. That one uh, certainly floats our boat. But yeah, I love this discussion. What kinds of things are you seeing people do when they're taking that equity out for a spin? Um, so I've seen a couple of them. So you said uh, remodels. I've had a couple of people remodel their house to uh, get more out of it. So a better for a better sell price, uh, just trying to match everything. And this is also something that I tell my clients uh, coming from a flip background is uh, if you're looking at trying to do that remodel to go ahead and uh, buy another thing and you're just trying to sell it for top dollar, then you also, you always want to just kind of match your neighborhood. So mm. uh, that's one thing that I run through with all my clients is, you know, you don't always have to be the fanciest, but you just, you can't be the outdated house for the last 20 years and then expect the same, you know, hundred thousand dollar over asking price kind of an offer kind of a thing. True. Uh, but then um, as long as the client has like a, a really good DTI, uh, and they love the house that they're in currently, we'll look, we'll look at that to try to figure out, you know, how much of a down payment could you do? Could you put that, uh, roll that back into uh, another real estate investment that brings you passive income on a monthly basis? Um, and it really just, you know, real estate is all, to me, is always very personal. It's what's your situation? What are you trying to accomplish? Like, uh, and, and really that's whenever people tell me, oh, I just want to make more money. Like that's not, everyone's trying to make more money, you know, uh, it's, we're capitalists, that, not going to lie. Yeah. yeah that, that's not the, um, that's not their real motivation for probably about 80, 85% of the people out there. I'm about to say the real motivation is what they're trying to accomplish. And you're really trying to, to get down to that. Like, are you trying, like, and what I mean by that is like, 
are you trying to get out of your nine to five so that you can, you know, spend more time with your family or, you know, what, what is it that you actually want? Um, and then those are, those are the actual goals that we try to, that I try to reinforce during the entire transaction. Cause it's frustrating, you know, whenever you go to your mortgage company and your current home has a 2.5 or, you know, to 3% interest rate. And now you're looking at anything else you're going to purchase and you're at a five to five, five, cause you know, you have to have 20% down. It's an investment property. You're not getting those owner occupied rates and things like that. So. Well, that's... and there's an enormous nick in the interest rates for second homes and investment properties as of late, only months uh, historically now. And I think it was an attempt by the federal housing finance authority to kind of make the market a little more palatable for owner occupants for uh, your primary residence. I don't think that it, well, there isn't one thing in the tool bag that's going to solve our housing shortage by any no. stretch. Um, but I think that's what the attempt was. So um, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm big on this. We uh, bought a couple of uh, vacation short-term rental homes over the course of the pandemic. And it went from yeah, 10% down and a rate in the twos to 20% down and a rate in the sixes uh, over the course of really this year, late last year into this year. And yeah, it's it's different. I don't get me wrong. Real estate appreciating at 20% a year. Do I care if I'm paying six when I'm going to net 14? Not really. The investment model is still pretty live wire kind of shit. But yeah, I think that it's uh, certainly making an impact. Um, but I, I've got one rattling around in my brain right now. Clients are borrowing a ton of money, jumbo property or jumbo loan amount on a luxury property, paying off a ton of high interest debt, liquidating enough cash to buy and build their retirement home. And they're going to do it now while it's still relatively cheap to buy the land. While I mean, who knows what that's going to look like in five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. If we continue on this path, it'll double again. It may double again and again over yeah. the course of a decade, right? Um, so yeah, and our housing shortage is going to be solved in that time frame. So yeah, we are seeing people make some smart, long-term financial moves but with the motivation of what do I want to accomplish long-term? What is my retirement going to look like? What kind of institutional wealth do I want to build? What kind of generational wealth do I want to build? So, yeah, I think if people are able to kind of, you know, open up those blinders a little bit and start paying better attention, more focused attention on what my life, what my dollars, what my financial situation on and on may look like in three five, 10 years, then I think it's easier to kind of nail some of the shit down and really help them, you know, bridge gaps to get there. Yep. No, I mean, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of different ways. I mean, I think number one, as realtors, uh, well, as any kind of an advisor, I mean, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor by any means. I always send them over to uh, lawyers and people that know how to actually, you know, that are licensed for whatever it is that I'm, you know, telling them to go find out about. But I mean, like we just, I just had a client that um, unfortunately her husband passed away. She received a large um, uh, insurance payoff for life insurance. Uh, she bought a house here in Colorado Springs because she wanted to live here. But um, just kind of talking to her, we actually, she wanted, she was trying to figure out a way to, you were talking about generational wealth. So we took 
Um, obviously, I didn't do any of this just, you know, for clarification, sent her off to uh, a lawyer up in Denver that I trust with that kind of stuff. But uh, we started family trust, uh, put all of that insurance money into her trust. And then uh, we bought her uh, two kids houses cash, wrote a mortgages out of the trust uh, so that there's no origination or anything along those lines because she had a large amount of cash just sitting there. And now those kids are paying back those mortgages at rates that will continue, you know, instead of paying the family back, instead of, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, any of those people. Uh, and now, you know, the family is making that 200 to 400 extra thousand dollars that interest would have accrued over the last, over the next uh, 30 years. Inside right. Yeah, I like this. Everybody benefits. Yeah. yeah. This is I'm, really cool. Very smart. I'm just trying to uh, keep it in the family, you know, I mean, talking about and that you hear a lot about generational wealth, but it's usually it's usually directed outwards. Like people are mad that other people have generational wealth. It's like it's not that hard to make. It just takes time and diligence. It's not the it's that's that's how wealth is made. Uh, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's, you know, uh, small deposits over a long period of time. Albert Einstein said something like that, and I can't remember what it is. When are we talking about compound interest? Sure. Uh, I can't remember the whole quote, but he was kind of a smart guy, so I, I trust him. Uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of logic to this. Um, I, I'm right in the middle of rereading Atomic Habits. Yeah. Uh, so maybe my yeah. oh absolutely so maybe my head is just uh, kind of in that space and I obviously had a lot of time I'm doing it on audible this time so I had a lot of time over the weekend to uh sit in airports I think I think for a one hour flight home I sat in an airplane for six hours so um just to make that 58 or 59 minute flight <laughs> so um had a lot of time with that and yeah we just make these tiny almost microscopic incremental changes, improvements, deposits, as it were. And yeah, we're really able to uh, kind of tinker with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and just you asked what's going on over the last year. We're actually really doing a big push for the brokerage right now. Uh, do you oh, mind good. if I plug that real quick? Plug that shit, man. That's totally. what we're here for. Go for it. So awesome. So um, I'm the employing broker for Call It Closed International Realty for the state of Colorado. Um, we all started in Naples, but right now, especially with kind of the market turning and people not really knowing exactly what to do, I, I, have, I hear the same question, what's the fastest way to make money? And honestly, I think the fastest way to make money is keep the money that you already make. So we're 100% uh, brokerage. And then we also have residential plans on top of that. We have uh, we are opening up both mortgage and title companies across the nation that our agents are able to buy into for also extra um, passive income. Sorry, I shouldn't plug the mortgage company. Luckily, it's not open in Colorado yet, so you can't. Oh, you're fine. We we are big <laughs> believers that we don't have any competition anyway, except ourselves. But no, I, I, uh, we also have outside of those residents or. Residual opportunities. We also have resi residual plans. Uh, we're opening up. Uh, we're filing all of our stock option plans right now, and we already have uh, residual plans uh, going down in uh, payment share. Uh, 
it, it, it really is a phenomenal platform. And for anyone right now, I feel like uh, there's a big shift in the market. I mean, EXP already kind of um, broke up that brick and mortar kind of a structure for you have to have your office. And that's, I mean, I'm sitting here in uh, a spare bedroom that I've turned into my office. And this is where, you know, everything happens for me. This is where we, I do business, you know, nine hours out of the day. Um, and I think that's where our model is going. So right now I, I'd encourage most realtors to just kind of think about what am I paying for? You know, our model's not for everybody. Uh, but you know, if you're brand new and you need that hands-on day-to-day action where you're, you have to be in the office so someone can, you know, uh, ride you to make all your calls or check in back in with your people, that's probably not, or that's we're not, not for you. For you. Yeah. But like, <laughs> if you're already established, you're already, you know, you know who to make your calls to, you know, your what you're going to do. If you're listening to the, uh, great, just the tips, um, material, then, I, I think it'd be a, a really wise thing to look at how much um, you're actually paying out and what you actually use that for. I'd love to have a conversation with anybody that uh, wants to have that conversation. It's going to be an interesting year that way, isn't it? It is. The latter half of this year, we're going to see a lot of change. We're going to see a lot of evolution. We're going to see a lot of exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would not be surprised if half of the existing well this is that's going to be hard to define in the real estate industry because nar already tells us that 80 percent fail in the first two years yeah so i don't know where that number goes uh mortgage originators i'd say half probably gone by the end of the year uh i hope that's not the case i hope all of you really look (laughs) you, you probably know what you are supposed to be doing Contact management, calendar management, uh, you know, treating your social media like an audience, spending time in the box, working on that stuff, uh, good video work, um, improving your systems, on and on. You guys probably know all of this. Um, So, yeah, please don't become a statistic. Do that stuff so we can see your bright, shining faces next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's always more room. And what's what's beautiful about the industry is there's always there's so many different niches in it that you you need to find one. And I I think a lot of uh, realtors, they I mean, because there's a million different, you know, programs, there's a million different places to put your interest and your time. Uh, It's the consistency, just kind of like what we were talking about earlier about making uh, your investments. Social media is usually where I fail uh, as a realtor because, you know, uh, I was never good on TikTok. I, you know, I'm as white, <laughs> as, they, I'm as white as they come. I can't dance. So, uh, oh, then that actually probably makes good TikTok content. Probably, the yeah, the I can't dance real estate <laughs> agent. Yeah, um, if, if if you actually nailed myself. that shit when we first started talking today, David. I don't even know if we had gone live yet. You had mentioned something about sincerity. We must have been live. And yeah, the consumer, the people that are buying houses, that are borrowing mortgages, etc. We are so tired of being sold. Be authentic. Be transparent. Uh, those kinds of things. Uh, the way David put it is be sincere. Also true. So yeah, constant, consistent, authentic, transparent, and work 
do the goddamn work and you're going to be fine. There's no yep. reason to be concerned about the sky falling. Yep. No, I, it really is. It's, um, I, I feel like people get afraid first and that everything follows. You know, they're, they, yeah. they let well, that we're, really. We're human. Fear lingers. Yeah. No, yeah. And it, it, it also sails. So the you're seeing a lot of fear coming from every direction. You know, we started off talking about the difference between the Fed raising uh, uh, rates and what mortgage rates actually do. Uh, so people always hear like, oh, the Fed's raising rates. Well, so buyers are getting out of the market. Well, you need to call all your buyers and tell them, look, these this is the difference here, you know, and that way that you can tell them and you can educate them and you can be sincere about them. Be like, you're probably going to see a great opportunity in the market probably in the next, you know, I don't know, probably three to six weeks time frame ish. I That's just a pure guess. But like you need to be paying attention. If you quit your search right now, if you're not all, you know, talking to your realtor, if you're not talking to your mortgage broker uh, or if us as realtors and mortgage brokers aren't talking to our people, they have no idea. All they hear is they hear that fear and they cut themselves off at the knees whenever they need to honestly be buying a house right now, because there's nothing in the market that shows that we're going, I mean, personally, I don't believe we're going to have a crash. We're not seeing anything. I just, in real up. estate? Oh God, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's the backbone of our economy because it's not a financial crisis like it was in 2008. They're not having to deal with those. We have a legitimate have. shortage. Yes. We don't yeah. have enough room for everybody. Yep. Um, for a thousand reasons, but some of them really big, like huge generations either wanting to buy homes right now, Jen, wink, wink, or the boomers, my parents, the next biggest generation still surviving on the planet, living longer, not going out of there, not turning those homes back into the inventory. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't do multi-generational living. The builders are way behind. Yeah, we've got such a major shortage problem that yeah. When people ask a real estate value is going to come down, I say, yes, hell yes. In 2050, they're going to come back down to 2045 numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we're probably going to see this kind of stupid appreciation because of the supply and demand issue. Maybe not 20% a year, maybe only 10, but we're going to see it for 20 or 30 years. Yeah. So yeah, no, that one drives me up a wall but yeah there's so many outside forces so many of, of them out of our control there's just no way to do it um but yeah let's let's end on this note that fortunes are made during recessions yeah and yeah i don't think anybody would deny that we're heading into one all right jen i know we're over i see you pinging me <laughs> What, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to wrap up with? What do you want to ask David? What did I forget to ask David? I mean, I just want to hear more about his adventure living in Australia, but I'm not sure that's how I met your mortgage content. So, you know. We did get a lot of that before we went live, yes. yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll just have to have David come hang out at the office and tell us about Australia. But Second favorite place in the world. Is Colorado the first? What's the first? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. United States of America. All, All right. right. Fair. All right, everybody. Well, if you want to hear more about us, you can text tips to 63566. Social Media Day Denver is next Thursday.
Wow. I don't know how that's possible that June 30th is next Thursday. But yeah. if you do not already have your ticket, text tips to 63566 to get that. You can use code tips for $25 off your ticket. Um, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., some great speakers lined up. I say that so humbly because both Adam and I are both speaking <laughs> this year. Uh, but we'll also have a LinkedIn speaker, Facebook ads, how to have a kick-ass uh, homepage on your website. Um, we have our closing speaker is, um, a, he was in martial arts and he's going to bring martial arts and then into how to tell your story effectively online. It's it's going to be cool. So And um, pizza. Not, and pizza. We get pizza. Yeah. Yes, that's our, the that's the highlight I'm looking for. It's true, uh, our lunch <laughs> sponsor is Pizza right on campus. So thank you to Pete for that. Um, so text tips to six three five six six. Use tips for twenty five dollars off your ticket. Um, you can also get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. The blur is always doing funky things with this. Um, <laughs> you can. You can see my cat's face. We can see your cat's face. That's awesome. Um, You can see recent episodes of the show. Uh, Very soon, you'll be able to get tickets for Mile High Mastermind, which is our lead generation focused conference every September uh, that's at the University of Denver. So lots of things happening in our world. And most of them you can find out by texting tips to 63566. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. And David, thank you for carving out some time for us again. I know that's not easy on a Monday morning. Uh, anytime all right well then we're gonna hold you to that and do it again <laughs> all right everyone else thanks for tuning in you can catch live episodes of how i met your mortgage on mondays at 10 30 mountain time and you can catch us in syndication if you want to see the video cast on facebook linkedin or youtube and you can listen to the podcast on apple spotify and coming soon is amazon someday Someday Some, when Amazon someday. works out, Amazon. Yeah. All right. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we'll see you next week.